94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. The Lieutenant Governor of the State of Hawaii, Dr. Josh Green. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. Oh, mm. thank you for making the time. Um, let's get right to it. I feel like for a lot of people this morning, I'll be honest, for me this morning, it felt kind of like Christmas morning. I woke up going, is this the day? Mm. Is something exciting going to happen yeah. today? So much anticipation about the supposed you know, announcements on the state and county level, you know, easing of restrictions of some kind. Can you give us a sense of what to expect? Well, Yeah, so what I recommended personally is that outdoor restrictions essentially be completely lifted as long as people can can show that they're vaccinated and and especially for events you you know you can have a standard where people are vaccinated and wear a mask so that's the general gist and we need to open up things like weddings concerts celebrations and I think people are going to be very happy with uh, what the mayor is going to announce today and the governor as well so uh, I don't want to blow their punchlines too much but. They have, you know, they've taken to heart the fact that our hospital counts are down 65 percent from their peak. The peak was 448 back on September 3rd, and it was really dangerous then. But we now are down 147 as of yesterday. So we will be probably 68 percent down from our peak. And that really encouraged the mayors and the governor uh, to move forward. People should still be safe if they're in big gatherings. If you're with strangers, you don't know. Wear a mask. It's no harm. That's what people do all across the world, especially in Asia. But being outdoors, pretty safe. Being vaccinated, very safe. And we continue to vaccinate a lot of people. We're now at 91.5% of all of our state that's eligible having initiated the vaccine. That's 1.1 million out of our 1.4 million people, uh, leaving aside only the 200,000 or so kids that can't get vaccinated yet. We'll talk about that some, I'm sure. So we've moved forward. Our case counts have been dropping by about 50% each two-week cycle. We are down to, uh, well, we have an average of 229 cases a day right now. Haven't got today's numbers yet. We are at, like I said, 147 in the hospital as of yesterday, and our positivity rate is 3.2%. Now, just two weeks ago, it was 5.3%, and Mm -hmm. four weeks ago, it was 7.2%. And four weeks ago, we had 11,067 active cases. Now we have 3,744. So big drops. And it's because people have been so diligent. I really want to thank everybody who's listening. People have been diligent to either get vaccinated, because most people, or just be safer. And even when we fight about these issues, vaccination, no vaccination, masks, no masks, we can still be safe and smart. And so in general, people have done much better. The counts are coming down, and we'll see that reflected in the recommendations today. As a follow-up question, I just wanted to ask something that I think has been echoed many times on, on social media and with our listeners. Isn't this kind of fast? I mean, just we're only a, a month out of the, you know, the spikes that we saw in September. And, you know, it, a lot of people are pointing out, OK, if you think back in spring and summer, if we had reported, you know, 200, 300 new cases in a day. That would have been a panic at that time. Now we're looking at 200, 300s and going, yeah, that's cool. Ah, no big <laughs> like, deal. <laughs> like well, it's, a, it's getting what is better. That, I guess yeah. the question is, what what is the difference? Like why? Because we went a long time in the spring and early summer with you know numbers in the dozens in the scores and low hundred maybe and 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 you know and we and we held restrictions a long time during that time. Cases are still higher. The hospitals are still fuller versus then. Why is what's the difference? Why are we cool with this now? Well, we were over restricted before. Uh, frankly, hmm. and 
the the truth is society all around the world eventually had to come to a place where it realized that viruses do uh, exist as a reality for us and we have to be able to be smart about protecting ourselves people who could get vaccinated early protected themselves and have been safe since last february honestly or since this february i should say people who have been willing to wear masks have been safe essentially going all the way back to last year and so those who could manage uh, that kind of uh, commitment to safety have been safe all along a lot of people of course worried because when there wasn't enough, I guess, participation and compliance in society, we saw a huge surge and ultimately it affected everybody because the hospitals filled. That was the large question. If you can deliver health care to everyone, then people are taking it upon themselves to decide how much risk they're willing to bear. Remember, almost all of the fatalities, like 98 to 99 percent of the fatalities have been amongst those who are not vaccinated. And the other one to two percent are people that even though they were vaccinated, had so many other health problems that they succumbed to the disease. It's very few and far between uh, that people were vulnerable if they got vaccinated. And also 85 percent plus of all the hospitalizations have been amongst those who are unvaccinated. So for a long time, when much of our society had chosen to either get vaccinated or be safe, those individuals really did not merit being locked down or restricted from activities. We did it because there was a lot of fear in the air, honestly. But long ago, and this is why I proposed the Safe Travels program, and it worked. Long ago, we knew that if people did the responsible things, they should be rewarded for their safety. And meanwhile, we shouldn't destroy the rest of their lives, whether that meant missing a wedding or a birthday or a uh, first birthday or uh, their jobs or their business. So this is the right way to approach it. It can be scary still, but we have not only vaccinations, we now have boosters. We have not only the plans to open up events, but we have plans to do it intelligently. And it's been, do- it's been done all around the world. Plus, keep in mind, we have the second best rate of COVID and death rate, the lowest, that is, second lowest in the whole country. And compared to much of the world, we're better than them, too. So this is the time. I know people are skittish, right? But you're going to have to understand we are going to live with viruses like this forever. We're now a global community. We have people flying in from every which way. And if we're smart about things, we can function. If we panic, we can't. And so that's why you're seeing what you're seeing today from uh, the mayor. And frankly, what I felt for a long time was feasible for our state because we're so well vaccinated. Hmm. Lieutenant Governor, I was wondering if you could give me a little bit of a comparison between what we're doing here and how they're doing uh, with various states on the mainland. I mean, taking out like Texas and stuff like that in Florida, which are sort of these uh, outlier, they're all over the place. Uh, but right. people, you know what I mean? Just so just so we get a lay of the land uh, of where we're at. Well, that's, that's the irony here. I mean, even though some people are probably writing right now, like too soon or whatever, we still have all the strongest restrictions in the country. We are the only state that has a a safe travels program where you have to go through the process of being either vaccinated or tested before coming to Hawaii. The only state. Nobody else. Now, of course, we have the luxury because the ocean's around us, but we could have taken the the um, we could have taken the posture of not doing that and just let people in. So from that standpoint, and it's only accounted for one to two percent of all of our cases, we've been safer, smarter, more conservative than any other state. Also, we're the only state at the moment that's not allowing significant gatherings outdoors. And so 
that's going to change effective. Um, well, the announcement will be made today, and it's going to be effective in the very near future. Again, it's more appropriate that I respect uh, Mayor Blangiardi and, uh, and Governor Ige about this. But, you know, in a couple hours, everyone's going to hear that most of the restrictions are being adjusted or lifted. And that's a good thing. Uh, but again, compared, as you asked, to the other states in the country, they they changed their policies months ago. We basically approached this in this way. We waited till we got to over 80 percent global immunity. That's 69 percent of all of our people fully vaccinated, 77.1 percent initiated. And then we've got at least six percent of our people have had COVID. Really, it's a lot more than that. And they have immunity, too. And that's why the numbers have dropped in half each of the last two two week cycles. So I think we're in the right space. We can still adjust if things get go higher again. But I can tell you, I'm looking at the numbers in real time. Uh, they're dropping, actually. The hospital numbers are continuing to drop uh, close to five, uh, five to ten percent per day. And we're just we're just doing better. And it's important to restore some, you know, some normalcy. You know, I've, I heard a, a heartbreaking story last night. I was doing a honor ceremony for a physician group celebrating um, the Kaiser doctors uh, who were doing hospital work these last uh, many months. And one of my friends sitting next to me told me the two, uh, two military officers took their lives uh, in the last month from depression as a result of, you know, the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was so heartbreaking to hear that. And that is not a totally uncommon story. So we need to move back towards normalcy. Life does have to go on. These will be two years that we'll never forget. And if we're really smart, we'll let, um, we'll let this memory bring us closer together. So I hope that's where we go. But to stay locked down for another couple months or six months or a year, it's just, it's just unacceptable. It's not anything that I would stand for, and it's not anything that people would stand for. So we have to go forward, but we'll still be careful. All right. Thank you, sir. I wanted to ask you, (laughs) let me let me pose it in the voice of my 16 year old son. (laughs) As I explained to him last night, I I was telling him that today is an important day that, you know, that uh, possibly some easing of restrictions may be announced today. And he asked me why. And I explained to him, you know, uh, including, you know, the hospital numbers, the case numbers and looking at the vaccination rates. My son immediately said, are we at herd immunity now? Is that where we are? Is that why we're seeing the numbers drop? Have we reached that critical mass where enough people are just immune enough that we can relax a little bit? Yes, we reached it two or three weeks ago. Okay. And and it's difficult to know what that date was exactly. I could probably figure it out if I went back through my um, data. It may, it may very well have been on uh, the first of the month, sometime between the 23rd of September and the first of, the, of October. That's when the the numbers really began to drop steeply. We had a rough go before that, but we reached herd immunity as a result of the combination of people getting vaccinated and a large number of the remaining at that point, about 150,000 or so people who had no immunity or protection because 15,000 people over the course of just a, a couple short weeks caught COVID. And that's just the ones we could actually uh, test and, and confirm. So yes, there. That doesn't mean there can't be cases, but it does mean that we should not experience any large surges again in the future unless there's a a new variant that totally um, defies our protection. Mm. I don't think that will happen. And so, yes, you can tell your 16-year-old, 
we likely reached herd immunity sometime in the last two to three weeks. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, <laughs> just wanted to ask you about boosters really quickly. Uh, my brother-in-law is actually asking, if I qualify for the booster, but I got the Moderna, how do I get a booster? Yes, good question. So Moderna and Johnson & Johnson are going to get approved in the next couple of weeks. So they have not given us any guidance as to crossing over. So mm. in other words, he's not supposed to go and get the Pfizer shot. Mm. So he should wait just a little bit. The good news is the Moderna uh, two-shot regimen was extraordinarily protective. So he's safe. He shouldn't worry about it. And I think Moderna and Johnson & Johnson are going to get guidance in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but for the people who did get the Pfizer vaccine, if they are over 65, go get it today. If they are suffering from any kind of chronic disease, like high blood pressure, diabetes, they've survived cancer, go get it today. Mm. And then finally, oh boy, then finally, <laughs> if you're in a kind of a high-risk job, like you're working as a nurse in the hospital or a, a paramedic, you know, first responder, definitely go get the shot also, the booster, if you've been six months out. But that's going to be a big part of our operation in the next four months or so, getting everyone booster shots. And it's a good thing because people do have some immunity that wanes or drops after six months. For those who had COVID, like I was one of them, and then also got vaccinated a couple months later, you've got one heck of a lot of immunity. I can tell you that. Mm. I would not rush or worry about that. Uh, but that's the recommendation, and people should just be patient. As of yesterday, we've already done uh, a fair number of shots. 37,439 third doses have already occurred and rising. So we're doing well. That contributes also to protection. This, remember, this concept of herd immunity doesn't mean you absolutely can't catch it or it can't be in your society. It just means there won't be large outbreaks. And so if the current trend continues, we'll be somewhere in the mid-100s uh, for an average next week and then hopefully in the just the double digits the following week. And that is a, a good reflection that the disease has really burnt out and the, the herd immunity, so to speak, has helped us out. Okay. Ooh, we hope so. Fingers crossed for that. Yes. Uh, sir, since you talked about um, the, uh, you know, uh, the people who have had COVID, can you ha several of our listeners have had questions about this. And if you can kind of quantify and help them understand if you've been infected, because now 80,000 people in Hawaii at least have been infected and recovered uh, from COVID-19. Yeah. Um, can you quantify how protected they are, like how immune they are versus, you know, because when we talk about vaccine shots and the way that they protect, we'll say, you know, that's uh, 80 to 90 percent protective against severe hospitalization and death. Do you can you quantify what kind of immunity protection you have if you've been sick before and then recovered? And then also at what point does your immunity wane from just, you know, from having it naturally um, that you would need to get a booster shot or a, or a vaccine shot, excuse me. Sure. Well, it's difficult to quantify. They do believe that getting the shots provides a lot more protection than just catching the virus. People who catch the virus have a wide range of symptoms and a wide range of immune response. So for me, I only had two days of very minimal disease. That usually correlates to pretty minimal antibody response where someone who had a really bad case of it is likely to have six months of protection. However, when people get vaccinated after having had COVID, they multiply their immunity by five to tenfold. And that's a huge amount of extra uh, antibody protection. That's why we recommend people actually get vaccinated. If you've been sick with COVID, 
lot of my colleagues who treated patients uh, in the outpatient setting and clinics or even in the hospital, they strongly recommend people get vaccinated after, usually a couple of weeks after they've gotten over their virus. So it's very good to get uh, your relative or friend who's had COVID is pretty protected. You can say in general for six months, but the recommendation for me, if I'm there, um, in this case, if I was their doctor, I would be telling them to go get vaccinated and then just kind of enter the whole protocol. If they've already had COVID, if they've already had COVID vaccinations and then they had a breakthrough experience, they'll get a booster at some point, but I'll tell you that person now has a lot of immunity. So they should not be rushing anywhere. Um, so it's all a somewhat inexact science, except the more boosters you get, the more uh, experience you've had with the virus in your body, and then having survived it, mm-hmm. the more antibodies you'll have. And that's why we're really seeing the cases drop so much. You know, 85% of all of the hospitalizations, like I said earlier, have been people who are unvaccinated. Very few people who got the vaccine ended up in the hospital and even fewer ended up dying from it, only 1% to 2%. And that's out of 826 people, somewhere around maybe like 15 people total were fully unvaccinated, sorry, fully vaccinated, and they still were overcome by the virus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the take-home message. Okay, thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, the other thing that I'm seeing when I watch TV is a whole bunch of people at a stadium outside watching football games <laughs> and nobody's wearing a mask um i also watched some videos of you know people at disney world disneyland uh not wearing masks are, are we moving in that direction as well or is that going to be something we'll be holding on to for a little while longer uh so okay what we're going to do is you're going <laughs> to see major major restrictions lifted um for outdoor activities in the coming hours you're going to you're going to hear the mayor's uh at least mayor blanche already talked about that I'm, you know, kind of in line with what he's recommending. Um, he's also going to recommend some changes to events, and, and events are safe, especially if you're vaccinated and you can mask up. So you'll hear talk about weddings and concerts and celebrations and the limits. And I think people are going to be, for the most part, very happy. It's not all that everybody would want, but it's, it's a good, really good, uh, strong move in the right direction. And, you know, we're, we're all we're putting our foot in the water without diving all the way in because as as Esme mentioned earlier in the show, well, you know, we still are just a month out from having been at the, the peak of our surge. Uh, so that's what you'll hear today. And other, you know, other advice, if you're in a gathering with other people that you don't know, wear a mask, you know, it's, not, it's just common sense. It's, it's a good idea. Indoors, still much higher risk. But when you have so many people vaccinated, the virus really doesn't have much in the way of opportunity to spread. And even asymptomatic carriers, they're not getting sick. So everything's moving in the right direction for now. We are headed into a Christmas period, Thanksgiving and Christmas, which always we have to be mindful of risk. But now that we're going to have so many people vaccinated, we'll be well over 70% of the whole state completed. We'll be well over 80% of the whole state initiated. And our kids will start getting vaccinated, I believe, in the first week of November. Should be a good holiday season. So... You know, that's what I'm anticipating. Uh, I don't know if there's more specifics I should give. I think really it'd be fair to let the governor and the mayor <laughs> give the specifics today. It's okay. You, you did enough. Thank you. <laughs> 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 and I are looking at each other like, woohoo. 
<laughs> we didn't hear him say that at all. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. And it's football, all good. And definitely football will will go forward in some way or another. Nice. As a, as a, that, that we should have done a long time ago. Awesome. So we, we missed one heck of a game. Uh, and kudos to, to the Warriors because, you know, they – they did something special. They beat yeah. a, a ranked team. Yeah. They made us proud in the time. We were pretty bummed out from COVID. And, you know, we will remember, you know, going forward the pandemic. But these are parts of the experience, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, sir, I wanted to now talk about vaccines for kids in the 5 to 11 range. Because, of course, Pfizer uh, has requested that okay for, you know, kids' shots for ages 5 to 11. And my question yeah. is, you know, of course, California this past week, uh, just about a week ago, announced uh, being the fir- the nation's first state to mandate COVID-19 vaccines for eligible school children. Um, I believe that's going to be effective, fully effective starting next year. Um for Hawaii, when like, do you think that Hawaii will see uh, a COVID nineteen mandate for eligible school children also added to you know to the requirements for entering school, kind of in the same way that we have vaccines of you know various types for measles and chickenpox and things like that as requirements for school entry? It's difficult for me to tell. Not right away, I don't think. First of all, definitely not until it's FDA approved. I can only speak for myself. I do not support mandatory vaccines. In this case, I've always tried to uh, strike a balance between encouraging people based on the science to get vaccinated, which I completely believe is the right thing to do. And the reality that as a new infection and a new process, though this vaccine has been well tested for many years in other settings, it would create quite a divisive uh, battle in our schools. And right now we've been able, as you can tell, to educate our students and open the schools without too much significant spread. We're doing okay. Uh, my family has had some experience watching this go, you know, go down. You know, lots of kids have been sent home from school because they've been in contact with positives and had had to quarantine. So we've had that experience at home. Uh, so, you know, we're able to manage this and to go straight for a mandate in Hawaii when, you know, over 90% of our people who have been eligible have chosen to get vaccinated I don't think we have to have that war. And I know that that is uh, it's a controversial position. It will be ultimately up to uh, Governor Ige and, uh, and the Department of Education and Department of Health to make that recommendation. But it's probably not necessary. And, you know, we've gone through a lot. I'm trying to balance also the psychological strains that this has had on society. And I wouldn't want to reignite a battle at this point when we're doing so well and we've had the lowest rates of COVID in the country, setting aside Vermont. I mean, we're not the state that needs to create that battle. We've actually already succeeded just through our behavior and our adult vaccination program to keep it at bay. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, I just want to turn to our Facebook page real quick. Uh, Liz Hugh is asking, how important is it for over 65s to get their Pfizer booster at six months versus first responders and over 75 is at eight months. It's super important because people start to lose 10 to 20% of their immunity per month uh, after six months. That's what some of the early studies have shown. And so if you're older, go get that booster. Go get it now because it's been wonderful to have 90% immunity, but when you fall down to to 70 or or 50% immunity with Delta still out there, you don't want to expose yourself. And even a study came out just today showing that the Delta variant 
appears to have had about a 2 or 2.5% uh, increased um, mortality rate in the hospitals, in the ICU. So don't wait. Go get your Delta, I'm sorry, go get your uh, vaccination booster today. There's a lot available. You, all you got to do is sign up, go to one of the pharmacies, go get it. Because you don't want to be that last case as we've come through this pandemic and achieved essentially herd immunity. You don't want to be that, that breakthrough case that gets COVID. So do it now. And then first responders, also, we have adequate vaccination available. So go get your vaccines. You know, we've, we've got the capability to do like 10,000 or more shots per day if we need to. And on many days, we've only done three or 4,000. So this is a good time for people to start revving up the, you know, the booster. And sometime in early November, be prepared to, to make a choice for your child if they're 5 to, uh, five to 11. So, you know, lots of kids out there, 119,000 kids in this age category. And the vaccine might not be for every family. That's okay. Talk to your pediatrician, talk to your husband or wife and, and, and or significant other and just figure this out. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, also got a, a question about uh, giving blood, donating blood. Uh, the blood bank right now is at critical levels, uh, and they're saying a lot of it is just due to people being worried about um, the whole COVID situation. So do you mind giving people some reassurance for that? Well, I think I, the question, too, is, is it safe to give blood and yeah. is it safe to receive blood in, yeah. the, in the middle of this? It is totally safe to give and receive. And I've given blood several times, actually, in the last year. Uh, because we just had so many people that were worried about going into, you know, closed spaces or gathering spaces. But the Hawaii Blood Bank has been fantastic. They're extremely diligent about mask wearing and social distancing. I've had no problem at all. And so they seem to be hitting me up every six to eight weeks lately. Um, and, and, you know, it's just a good thing to do. If you can do it, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard many people have any concerns about their process uh the there was a, we recently and let me give some special shout outs i think it was to the engineers and the trades uh they hosted a, a blood draw just wonderful people and they had like 160 people give blood a couple mm. weeks ago and we went with them and you know these are just regular people who are giving back because we're at an all-time low with our blood supply so if you can go back if you go to hawaii bloodbank.com. I'm not even sure what their website is, but something like that. If you Google it, I'll give it to you in a second. Go there, give blood today because we still are having car accidents. We're still having people with, um, you know, stomach ulcers and bleeds and, and cancers. All those things still, still exist in, uh, in society. Yet people are, you know, are reticent about going and donating. Yeah. So, I think here I'm getting it. It's bbh.org. Yes. And, um, you know, if you do that, we got like a one-day supply right now, which is really scary. So you can be sure my, my family or I will go again soon, or, and I, because I'll certainly do it. And everybody should do this, because this is all of us once again in a community together. Uh, but there have been times when we've had, you know, several weeks or months of supply. And to get down this low, man, that's scary. So, um each challenge continues to present itself. First it was the pandemic. Now it's going to be the recovery and a lot of things that will come in the aftermath of the recovery, like blood donation, people getting their mental health care taken care of again, people getting up on their mortgages. These are the realities of the post pandemic experience that we're starting to focus on it here in my office. And, and I just want people to be reassured that we're going to be on it, but we're still going to continue to have to sacrifice a little bit as a community together to kind of recover.
Mm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Wanted to ask you. Uh, this is a simple question, but on the minds of so many people because of the time of the year that we're at. Because this is a time of year where holiday travel specials. You know, what I mean, like ticket ticket specials and deals. Uh, people getting ready for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, um, enticing a lot of people to travel. But lots of questions about whether it's safe. And so it's a very simple question. What are you recommending in terms of whether people can travel and be with loved ones elsewhere? Is that an advice? thing to do uh, yes if you are vaccinated you're safe to travel if you're unvaccinated you're taking an undue risk and you'll likely catch the Delta variant so that's my recommendation of course you can travel and mask up and do all that you can to prevent the spread but in a lot of the states around the country they're just not wearing masks and mm. that means that they're gonna you know they're gonna infect you with COVID and you're gonna be somewhere on vacation getting sick so if you're vaccinated, which, you know, well, 70% of our whole society is vaccinated and our kids are probably okay, then uh, you can go. And if you have a family and you're worried, okay, well, I got a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old, they're not vaccinated, children have not gotten too sick. So, yes, take your trip, but the adult should be vaccinated. And if you have a child that's uh, in that range that's eligible, well, you know what my recommendation is because Maya, my daughter at 14, got vaccinated. Have them also get the shot. It really has not been dangerous the virus is far more dangerous and then go have a great holiday wherever uh, reunite with your family all right awesome fingers crossed okay yeah, that sounds that sounds nice we hope that that is the case yeah. all right mahalo to the lieutenant governor of the state of hawaii dr josh green thanks sir thank you guys have a great weekend